coming to you from the mountains and the plains. The only conservative voices brave enough to push back. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Altman. That's what the Second Amendment was designed to do. If you're going to do something to, to nullify or take away my rights under the Constitution, come get it. Max McGuire. When you look at politicians on the left, um, they need to convince people that they are victims. A resistance to the resistance. And now your hosts, Joe Altman and Max McGuire. And welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Our call number, open line Friday, 888-441-1121 if you want to join the show. Um, no Joe today. Don't know exactly where he is, but he's not able to be on today, so it's just me. We're going to try and stretch this thing to two hours, so if you want to call in and help us do that, 888-441-1121 is the number. Um, happening just recently, go ahead, put up my screen. Oh, let me make sure I, yep, we're going to go put up my screen. This is uh, Joe Biden trying to board Air Force One. We're not going to have any audio, but let's go ahead and watch this. So uh, it's a little blurry. Not going to be able to see it because my internet still sucks. Let me, let me, I'll send this to Mr. Producer. Go ahead, take down my screen. Um, not really sure what's going on with my internet, um, but internet is really, really slow. So I'm going to send this to Mr. Producer Josh. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I think, Josh, maybe you can try and, and up my video quality up uh, above, above mobile. Maybe then I'll be able to use my screen. Because if I, if I can't use my screen, I'm not going to be able to get through anything today at all um so we're going to show that joe biden stumbled on his way up the stairs again trying to board air force one so we'll have to see if maybe they install an escalator maybe bouncy stairs like a bouncy castle kind of stairs to help him cushion his fall not really sure what they're going to do but he fell <laughs> he fell and kept falling so mr producer let me know when you have that i just sent it over to you let me know when you have that ready to go and we'll play it also, Facebook and Instagram are down right now in a lot of ways. So this is gonna we're having a really hard time just trying to manage everything. So bear with us today. Um and, and we'll and we'll see if we can get this to work. Miss Brewster, I emailed you that cut. Do we have that? Josh of of the going up the One stairs. One second, cue it up, my friend. All right. So he's walking up the stairs, everyone's saluting him, like, oh, he's it. the big deal, he's the president of the United States. And uh and he falls. So let's go ahead, Mr. Brewster, let's cut to that and let's watch it. It's just air noise. There you go, and... Oh, we're gonna have to watch that again. Hey, stand stoically. Yeah, okay, okay, Joe. Let, let let's refresh it. Turn the volume down on it a little bit because it's just it's just airplane noise. Um, and we're gonna play it. And we're gonna count the falls. I counted three. There might have been a fourth one in there. I want I want to watch it again so we can count the falls. Miss Brewster, is that queued up? If it is, let's go back to it and play it one more time. Here we go. So here he's walking up to the stairs, talking to people. Here we go. A little salute. Oh, things are going really well for Joe. Oh, they're not. Oh, there's a second one. 
Oh, there's a third one. <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Why someone of that age thinks that it's like they're going to be able to succeed at, at running up the stairs. No clue on that at all. There's another view. I'm going to send it to you again, Mr. Producer, and you can go ahead and, and queue it up. I'm emailing it to you now. Um, another view of him running up the stairs from the front, and you can kind of see <laughs> how he hits every stair. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. Right? He looks so I mean, young running he, up it, though. He looks so young. So young. So young. So young. It, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's like when he got on that bike to show that he was fit, but he still wore the mask. And it's just like he just looks so stupid. I don't want to laugh at him falling down. It's, it's terrible when anyone of that age falls. He could seriously hurt himself. Um, I, I don't know why we're not allowed to talk about his age like that. During the campaign, we were told that age is just a number and has absolutely no bearing on his ability to be president. And this isn't the first time he's fallen going up the stairs. Um, again, I, I blame Jill Biden. She, she, she should be stepping in and stopping this rather than promoting the elder abuse. I sent you that other clip to your email. Josh, do you have that ready to go? I do. Just let me adjust the volume. Okay. So we're going to watch this. This is from the front. This is from the front, a frontal assault. Joe okay. Biden versus the stairs. Let's see who, who wins this way. Let's, let's play it. So here he goes. He's running up. Oh, 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 that's it's that's not as funny seeing him like actually go down the other view, the side view where he just disappears from view. That's much funnier. This one is 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 sadder like that one is I feel really bad for him and I feel I mainly I feel bad for him. He's being used. He's it, very clearly not in peak physical condition. It, that it, one was a lot harder to watch. It was genuinely like really sad to see the the second or third stumble because you could really see that he yeah. was having a hard time with his feet. And you know, I know people who have, could, you know, could do have stuff that makes them lose their balance and their coordination. And you know, I've seen this movie before, but I won't say what it is. And it and that and that's the red it. carpet treatment. That's yes. what it looks like when he has the red carpet treatment. Absolutely, and I don't know. I, I hope he's okay. He's the president, so I hope I hope he's doing all right. I hope he's okay. I mean, we don't want President Harris, as he called her yesterday. We don't want her involved at all. But uh, can you imagine him going to North Korea and trying to step over the DMZ and just falling flat on his face? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't have it. You can't have it. You need a president who can go up and down the stairs. Hillary Clinton couldn't do it. Joe Biden can't do it. Nancy Pelosi can't do it based on pictures I've seen. She needs to hold on to someone. I don't know what it is about elderly Democrat politicians and stairs, but... Right now, the stairs are winning, and uh, I, I wish we could have a president who could beat the stairs, but unfortunately, we don't. Fortunately, we don't. Uh, yeah, uh, Sheridan on DLive says his Secret Service might have to start walking him up. Yeah, that might be that might have to happen. It's it's scary to think, but yeah, Secret Service might have to help him up the stairs, or they might just install an elevator or an escalator to help him get up those stairs. Anyway, I don't want to harp on this too much. Side view was much funnier than the frontal view. Frontal view is just very, very depressing, very sad. Side view, just him disappearing from view <laughs> was a little funny. Um, we're going to talk about the story of, of the day. Rand Paul versus Anthony Fauci. Rand Paul has an epic beatdown on Anthony Fauci yesterday. And it's funny to watch the leftists in the media try and come out for Fauci and say he won. 
when it's very obvious that Rand Paul won that, it wasn't a debate. It's, it's supposed to be questioning, but we're going to play the entirety. It, we're going to play it in its entirety so you can see it. I don't want to, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm going to play all five minutes right there. And I want you to pay attention to how Anthony Fauci treats Rand Paul because he doesn't act like this when other people are questioning him. He only seems to get this hostile when he's being questioned by Rand Paul. And that's because Rand Paul is a doctor, right? He's an optometrist, I, I believe, um, and a doctor. So he is able to speak the language, the scientific language. He's able to speak intelligently about this issue. And you can just see that Anthony Fauci gets really upset by being asked these questions from a doctor as opposed to the fluff questions that the Democrats give them. So we're going to play this clip in its entirety. If you haven't seen it yet, you are in for a treat. This is Anthony Fauci going up against Rand Paul. Let's go ahead and play that cut one, Mr. Producer. Oh, oh it's frozen. Uh, why don't you refresh that and, and we'll go back to it. Refresh it and we'll go back to it. Sometimes that happens. Again, social media is being very weird today. It might be an Amazon, um, an AWS problem, because I know Instagram, Facebook are having lots of problems today. Let's refresh that, Mr. Producer, and see if we can play it again. No? It's a negative so far. Suddenly, the whole thing has just stopped responding on all the web browsers in here. Okay, well, that's interesting. It doesn't That doesn't uh, bode well for this show. Um, this is the central part of it. <laughs> I'm, working it. I, I I'm guess, working it i'm working it yeah i guess i can discuss a little bit about a fact check that we just got we got a fact check from fact check usa um which is the afp on our little microphone post we posted a video of the microphone and we said oh it looks like it was green screened or edited into post and we got fact checked and they took issue with us saying most likely most likely so we had to add a um, we had to add a little bit of a disclaimer, and I'm going to pull it up so I can read it to you, the disclaimer I put. And they said it's good enough, so I'm happy with that. Adding a stupid disclaimer, because they, they rated that we were missing context. That we were missing context, and therefore our reach was going to be limited on Facebook. So the, the I'm not even going to try putting up the screen. For whatever reason, things are just not working today. I think um, it's ready for you, that video we had before. Well, now that I, now that I've said this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what the... What the what I put up. So I, we had to add this. And here, fine. I'll, I'll try and put it up on the screen. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. Um, uh, it's right on the seven. Uh, right here. So is this one? You probably can't read it at all. That's fine. Fact check. This is the disclaimer I had to put to get them to lift the fact check against us. It says, quote, fact checkers at AFP have informed us that they have spoken to reporters who were present and that they promised the interview was legitimate and that there were no superimposed microphones or green screen tomfoolery, end quote. That is what I put up, and apparently that's good enough for the fact checkers. A little tongue-in-cheek, obviously not really whole <laughs> wholehearted <laughs> disclaimer, but it was good enough. So if we have that, if we have that, let's, let's play this. This is the full clip of Rand Paul versus Anthony Fauci. Let's go ahead and play that clip, Mr. Producer. That no scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated. What specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022? I'm not sure I understand the connection of what you're saying about 
masks and reinfection. We're talking about people who have never been infected before. You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. You had the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let, let's get down to the facts. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty and Sete look at in vitro examination of memory immunity, which in their paper they specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study or, can you point to that shows significant let, reinfection? There are no studies that show just significant Just let, let, let me finish the response to your question, if you please. The other thing is that when you talk about reinfection and you don't keep in the concept of variance, that's an entirely different ball game. That's a good reason for a mask. In the South African study conducted by J&J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when you talk about reinfection, you've got to make sure you're talking about wild type. I agree with you that you very likely would have protection from wild type for at least six months if point you're infected. But we in our country now have variants that are circulating. Significant reinfection. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine. It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. We yeah, don't you have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants. And what, now, proof is there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country, zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one, can I finish? We're well, having one one seven that's becoming more dominant. Policy based on conjecture. No, you it, have the it isn't based that we're on conjecture. So you, some, you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No. You've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No. You can't get it again. There's almost, there's virtually 0% chance you're gonna get it, and yet you're telling people with a, that have had the vaccine, who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying, there is no science no. to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You wanna get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. Okay. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you've got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we you have ask immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. Senator you're Paul, not you're wearing a mask because like of any Dr. sign. Fauci, I, I totally disagree with you. Dr. Fauci, if you could respond so that we could understand the difference between the uh, virus itself and the variants and the reason for a mask. I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't hear If you could um, respond to the question so that we could all understand the difference between the 
vaccine in uh, controlling the wild type versus the variants that are out there and the reason for wearing a mask. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, yes. First of all, when you have a variant, you have an immunity that you get with convalescent sera and the same sort of thing. If I vaccinate you or me against a wild type, you get a certain level of antibody that's specific for a particular viral strain. If there's a circulating variant, you don't necessarily have it. You have some spillover immunity to be sure, but you diminish by anywhere from two to eightfold the protection. So the point I'm saying is that there are variants in now circulating. The point that Senator Paul was making was that if you look at wild type only, there is some clear cut credence to what he's saying. But we are living right now in a situation where we're having a dominance of 117, which was the original UK. We have a very troublesome variant in New York City, a 526. We've got two variants in California, a 427, 429, and we have a number of others. So we're not dealing with a static situation of the same virus. That was the only point I'm making. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. So we wanted to play that in its entirety so you could see it. Because Rand Paul does a couple of things there that he does very, very well. And you can notice that Anthony Fauci is sidestepping the core question of what scientific studies can you show us to support the notion that someone who already had COVID-19 or has been vaccinated against COVID-19 still has to wear one mask or even has to wear double masks. Because the, the point that that Rand Paul is making is that when Fauci is up there having been vaccinated, wearing two masks, there is no scientific evidence. There is no peer-reviewed scientific study to suggest that someone who is vaccinated in a room of other people who have been vaccinated must wear two masks to protect themselves or to protect others. And that doing so is not to protect you, it's to make other people feel better. That was the crux of what Rand Paul was saying. And he, and he named these studies, a couple of the studies, they, as Anthony Fauci correctly pointed out, looked at in vitro, um, they looked at uh, immunity in vitro, whether or not you, you have a lasting immunity. But Rand Paul's retort to that is also true. You can't just dismiss a study because it's in vitro, right? You, you can't do that. You have to actually present evidence to the contrary. You can't just say, well, I don't think that study's good enough, so we're going to presume that it's wrong. That's what Anthony Fauci is constantly doing. So you can see how frustrated he gets. And then he says the variants. Well, we have the variants. So Rand Paul rephrases the question. Can you point to any scientifically scientific peer-reviewed study showing a high degree of reinfection for the variants of people who have already had the disease or been immunized? And he says, no, because we don't have widespread variants. So all of this is based on an if. It's not based on concrete science. It's conjecture, as Rand Paul correctly points out. And it's hypotheticals. Well, we might have the variant, and the variant might sweep through the country. Right now, we don't. But until we know, everyone has to stay masked up. It, there's no science to that. There's absolutely no science to that. And again, Rand Paul is correct. If you want to help limit vaccine hesitancy, you, should act, you can't have a vaccine. Then you say, well, the vaccine doesn't protect you. <laughs> right. If, if you get vaccinated and the government says, oh, well, the vaccine doesn't protect you, doesn't protect others. Well, then that is a whole different, a whole different line of questioning. You look at what Israel's doing. Israel is trying to vaccinate everyone. Some people agree with that. Some people don't. 
But if you're vaccinated, you're allowed to get back to your life. You're allowed to go out to restaurants, go out to bars, go to sporting events. You're allowed to go to the movie theaters. You're allowed to go to concerts, concert halls. They're not putting restrictions on people who've been vaccinated. Here, you get vaccinated and, and there's zero benefit. There's zero benefit in society. Yeah, I, I think that you probably would have more people getting vaccinated if they knew that they weren't just going to keep having to deal with nanny state government as soon as they did it. Uh, unless you live with someone who, or, or you frequently visit someone who is legitimately high risk, there is very little personal benefit to getting the vaccine today because you don't get any of your rights back. You don't get any of your liberties back. You get none of it. You're still under big government control. They still have complete control over your life. And when you look back, when you look back at, at how this all started, the reason that the government has been able to impose these lockdowns, to impose social distancing, impose mask mandates, right, is because it was a, quote, novel coronavirus. We've, we've talked about this on the show before. You go back and you look at Supreme Court cases dealing with quarantine, and it is well-founded that the government can restrict the movement of people who are sick. It's well-founded within constitutional law that if you are sick and, and you have a high potential of infecting others, the government can impose restrictions on your liberty. And every time we've had a major pandemic in this country, that has happened. It's why when you go to Africa and you come back from Ebo with Ebola, the government's allowed to force you into a, into a locked, sanitized room, right? Because you're being quarantined. You're sick. The whole premise of this nationwide lockdown, shelter in place, social distancing, masks, you name it has been the, under the premise that, well, you might be sick, but we don't know. You might be sick. You might be asymptomatic carrier. And therefore, we're going to treat you as if you're sick. Well, nowhere in the Constitution is there authority for the government to do that. The government, in all, in all avenues, if they want to restrict your liberty, the burden of proof is on the government to prove that your liberty deserves to be restricted. And by that, I mean, if you break the law, the government can go before a court and say he has broken the law. We request that you force him to surrender his firearms until the outcome of the trial. Or he has committed a felony. He's therefore lost his gun rights, lost his voting rights in certain states. Right. When you when you break the law, there are consequences. There are consequences, but it's up to the government to prove that it's up to the government to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you have done something wrong deserving of having your liberty restricted either, either temporarily or permanently. I mean, that's what jail is. That's what prison is. Restricting your freedom of movement, your freedom of association. Right? You break the law. Yes, you lose freedoms, but it's up to the government to prove that. Here, we've had a complete reversal. The government is not being required to actually prove that you or I are sick before forcing us to jump through hoops just to go outside and go to, go to church or go to, go to a baseball game or go to the supermarket. They're flipping it upside down. Instead of presuming our innocence, or in this case, pre presuming our healthiness, the government for over a year now has been allowed to presume our sickness without having to prove any of it. And, and they said at the beginning, oh, well, we don't have enough tests. We don't have enough tests. Well, there are plenty of tests now, plenty of tests. But the question is, who's going to pay for the tests? Who's going to pay for the tests? If the government says, okay, we want you to get tested to know whether or not you have the virus, well, do, am I, do I have to pay for that? Because then you start getting into discussions about things like poll taxes, which have already been ruled unconstitutional. The government cannot force you to pay an exorbitant amount to exercise a basic right or freedom. That's why concealed carry permit fees, probably, in, if they were given a fair trial, would be ruled unconstitutional. 
I used to live in Denver. They charge $152.50 just for the permit, just for the permit to carry a concealed weapon. $152. I, I, I forget, but like a, a minimum wage worker would have to work days, days. You, you measure it in days, how many days they have to work just to earn enough money to apply for the permit. So no, a, a, a test is what, $100 a pop? And the government has no right. So th this is where we get into this kind of no man's land. We get into this no man's land and, and why Texas reduced and eliminated its mask mandate. Texas no longer has the constitutional authority to presume that everyone is sick. Fauci here, if you, if you listen to how he, he's talking, he's holding on to this hypothetical that people could be not only sick, secretly sick, but sick with some variant that no longer works against the vaccine or that is vaccine resistant or that circumvents the vaccine. It's, it's not science. These are hypotheticals. It's conjecture. It's absolutely conjecture. Unless you can show me evidence, show me evidence that, that there's a legitimate concern, peer reviewed, and even that isn't worth much these days, but peer reviewed that you can get vaccinated and there's still a high enough risk of you spreading the disease to others or being hospitalized yourself, unless you can show me that, then the other social distancing requirements, the mask mandates and all that, there's no constitutional legitimacy behind it because the government cannot prove that I'm, I'm sick. The government cannot just presume that I'm sick. And we see, what, what are the case numbers at? Let me see what the case numbers at. U.S. case numbers... Um, the U S case numbers for COVID-19, I'm just, I'm just curious because, okay, so we have 30 million, 371 cases. And we know that that is not an entirely accurate number. There are false positives in there, right? There are early case numbers that aren't the result of a positive test, but the result of doctors just looking at symptoms and making a guess. That's how early cases in some, in some situations were diagnosed. 30.3 million cases, almost 30.4 million cases. Cases. That's just shy of 10% of the country has had this, right? 10%, give or take, give or take. Then you have all the vaccines, all the, all the people who've gotten the vaccines. I don't know how many vaccines have been administered in the, in the country, but it is millions. You're talking about millions. So as that number creeps up, and obviously the 30.37 million cases doesn't include people who are asymptomatic and never got tested. So yeah, that 30.37 million confirmed cases, it's probably double or triple that when you factor in the people who got it, had no symptoms whatsoever, and they never got tested. So you're, you're probably looking at something north of 90 million to 120 million of, uh, Americans have actually had this virus already. So right there, when you factor in the asymptomatic, you're probably looking at around one third of the country. One third of the country has already had it. You start looking at the vaccines, you start approaching a number that's close or just north of 50%. I know that's the number here in Texas. You look at how many people have had the virus, presumed to have had the virus or been vaccinated. That number is north of 52% now. Texas cannot force us to wear masks if the data, the science suggests that more than half of us have antibodies. The government loses that authority. It loses the authority. So the more cases we have in the country, the more cases, the more vaccines are administered, the less authority the government has just to have a blanket, a blanket uh, mask mandate. Basically, they're taking their authority to quarantine and applying it to everyone loosely. But then Fauci comes in, he says, oh, no, there could be variants. There could be variants. 
there always could be variants. I mean, it's, it's like the flu vaccine. I hate the flu vaccine because all the times I've ever gotten the flu vaccine, I've gotten the flu. And all the years I haven't got, taken the flu vaccine, I haven't gotten the flu. And it's always, a, a, they're trying to hit a moving target because there are variants of the flu. They, they create the vaccine for the flu months before the flu season even starts. And they just presume what the most prevalent kind of strain of influenza is going to be. And sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Well, actually, very often they're wrong. So it's always hitting a moving target. But no one ever says that, oh, you have the, the flu vaccine, but you also have to quarantine. No, because we understand that there are going to be variants. We understand that not everyone is going to be protected. Not everyone's going to get a vaccine, right? We understand that. It's never been get the vaccine or else you have to quarantine, get the vaccine. And even if you do, you also have to wear a mask everywhere. We've never, we've never had that in this country. But now with this, with Anthony Fauci and that Rand Paul exchange, Rand Paul is absolutely correct. He's absolutely correct that you cannot show a peer-reviewed study showing that people are either at risk for themselves or at risk of hurting others if they've been vaccinated. You see, this is the greatest lie that was, was told. The greatest lie that was told to the American people this past year is that healthy people pose a risk of killing other people simply by breathing. Right? We, we talk about liberty a lot on this show. Liberty. It's not explicitly named in the Constitution, but you have the right to breathe in and to breathe out. You absolutely do. You have the right to life, right? That, that's, that's from the Declaration of Independence. Life, is it comes before liberty. Basic life, you have the right to breathe. But over the last year, we've seen the government come up with this nonsense that healthy people, if they breathe, are killing other people. That is so far removed from the government's quarantine powers. It isn't even funny. It never was funny. This idea that healthy people pose a risk to society simply by breathing. Think about that. Just, just think about that. Think about how twisted and warped that is. The notion that you just breathing pose a risk to society. And if you don't breathe through a two-ply mask or a double mask, you're killing someone. Again, with no data. There still have not been peer-reviewed studies proving that asymptomatic carriers are serious vectors of transmission. There have been a lot of studies that have suggested the opposite, that asymptomatic carriers are not a, a significant vector of transmission. By that, I mean asymptomatic carriers are not spreading the disease as much as people might suggest. And that's the asymptomatics, people who are coughing, right? Coughing is, is much more dangerous than just breathing. So there, there isn't even studies suggesting it, but we've just allowed them. We've allowed them to presume. So, well, we presume. We, we presume that, that you can get the virus even if you had the antibodies and you got vaccinated, right? And you're in a room of everyone else who is vaccinated. I mean, that's how you know that this is complete nonsense. We put that up uh, uh, last week, week before, the CDC showing their new recommendations for people who are vaccinated. So if you're vaccinated... You're allowed to go and hang out with another, according to CDC, you're allowed to go and hang out with another household that isn't vaccinated. But if you are vaccinated and household two is not vaccinated and then household three joins and they're not vaccinated, the CDC says you have no right to do that. You shouldn't do that. Again, not based on science. There is no basis for the federal government to restrict a vaccinated individual in their movement 
and in their activities. There is no there is no precedent for it. Absolutely none. That's like that's like you getting that's like you getting the smallpox vaccine and the government then shoving you in a quarantine facility because you might spread smallpox, even though there's no evidence to suggest that you would. Oh, we, we might. You might. It's possible. Variants. Don't forget about the variants. And don't get me started on the variants. <laughs> Apparently calling it the China virus, according to the left, directly leads to the Atlanta shooting, which wasn't even based on race. It was based on some twisted, like mentally deranged individual trying to deal with his own sex addiction, shooting up massage parlors. It had nothing to do with race. But the left says that Trump calling it the China virus led to those shootings. Well, if there's a shooting at, I don't know, if, if there's a shooting at a South African restaurant, does that mean that calling it the South African strain is responsible? If, if there's a shooting at a British pub, calling it the British strain, is that is that responsible? He said that in that clip, he said the New York strain. Well, if someone shoots up a New York style pizzeria, is, is that to blame? Like, come on, this is so stupid. How is it racist to call it the China virus, but not racist to call it the South African strain? There's no rhyme or reason here. None at all. They're making this up as they go along. And that's the biggest problem I have. They're making this up as they go along. In the very beginning, yes, they had constitutional authority to take actions that they believed were necessary in trying to protect the country from an unknown virus. Yes, the courts gave them tremendous deference. No judge wanted to be the guy who stepped in and overturned the mask mandate. No judge wanted to do it. And you saw how long it took the Supreme Court to take the cases dealing with um, the churches. And originally, the Supreme Courts let the churches stay closed. And it took more cases to finally reopen the churches. The courts were gave great deference to, to health officials, health officials, making decisions that they believe were necessary in the face of a novel virus. But the, <laughs> it's not a novel virus anymore. We have studies. We know how it spreads. We know that you're not as likely to get it by touching a surface anymore. That was a big fear in the beginning. We know that it's not as easily spread on surfaces. Right? We, we, we know that. Remember in the beginning, everyone was so terrified of touching their Amazon packages. That, that, was, that was the big headlines. It could survive on your Amazon packages for up to a day or in certain conditions, multiple days. Well, that, was, that wasn't real. That was, that was conjecture. They had, they had done studies of the virus surviving on things like stainless steel. Stainless steel, so, uh, a, very, a very easy place for a virus to survive. Obviously, it's also a very easy place to clean. They, they had done studies on that, and then the conjecture led, well, if it can survive on stainless steel, if it can survive on cloth, then obviously it can survive on an Amazon package. But we know now from subsequent studies that it's very hard to get the virus <laughs> from by touching the exterior of an Amazon cardboard box or any cardboard box for that matter. It was, it, yeah, it, Sheridan in, in the comment section says gas pumps. Gas pumps too. It's like, oh, it, make sure that you wash your hands before touching the gas pump and wash your hands after the, touching the gas pump. They're saying, oh, you need to wear a mask even if you're the only person there at the gas pump. Not based on any science, right? Not based on any science. Now we know that the virus has a very hard time surviving outdoors in the heat in the humidity and with sunlight. Those are three things that we know from, from studies kill the virus. We actually knew that very early on. But anytime Trump mentioned it, they called it fake news. So if, if you are, in, like in the summertime, 
The odds of the virus surviving on the handle of a gasoline pump, very, very low in the heat, in the humidity, and with sunlight. Very, very low. And yet in the beginning, they said, oh, you got to watch out for that. You got to watch out for that. So, yeah, and to anyone who's in government, who is a health official, who truly was just doing the best they could with limited information available, I feel for them. I understand. Even if they made the wrong decision, I get it. They did what they thought was best. Not everyone did, but I'm saying the, the legitimately good ones did what they thought was best. It's the people like Anthony Fauci who refused to admit he was wrong, who refused to admit he got anything wrong. I mean, think of the hubris, think of the the selfishness, the arrogance necessary to be Anthony Fauci in 2021 and to say everything he got wrong last year, oh, it wasn't wrong. It was just, it was just, just not completely right, right? We can't even show you the video of Anthony Fauci telling people not to wear masks because Facebook, the fact checkers, have already preloaded that content. So anytime someone puts it up on their page or shows it on a live stream, they immediately get fact checked immediately get fact-checked. But there is video out there from last year of Anthony Fauci saying, don't wear masks. Masks will not keep you safe. In fact, masks also might put you more at risk, might give you a false sense of security. Fast forward a year, we're now at double masks. We're at double masks. Well, actually, first Anthony Fauci said double masks, then he walked it back, and then the CDC said, yes, double masks. Triple masks, quadruple masks, as many masks as you can feasibly put on your face. Not because it actually is going to save you or save other people. They say, oh, well, we presume it would be helpful. Look, the more layers of cloth you put in front of your face, the less particulates can get to you or can get to other people. Yes, and there is a number at which you put too many layers of cloth on your face and you kill yourself, right? I'm not going to talk about the whole oxygen deprivation thing, but consider the fact that it is well-documented people can be smothered by a pillow. Yes, there is a number of masks you can put on your face and kill you. Yes, just like you can put a pillow on your face and kill you that way too. But there's no discussion about the cost-benefit analysis. There's no discussion about, well, uh, two masks is going to be really hard for people to breathe in the summer heat, especially in the South. Putting two masks on their face is probably going to be very hard, probably going to be very taxing on the body to try and walk around in the heat wearing double masks. Is it worth it? Is the protection is the protection worth it when compared against the potential harm? There's no talk of that. There's no talk of the potential harm. Just like you look at the economy, there's no talk of the harm that was done to the economy. Entire industries are gone. We know there are restaurants who cl- that close that will never reopen again. Not for any real reason, because they just they were just too dangerous. It was too dangerous to have a restaurant. And we talked about this on the show a while ago in Nashville. There are emails among Nashville um, government officials talking about deliberately withholding the numbers from the public because they didn't want the public to see just how few cases can actually be traced back to restaurants. That is true. The fact checkers will say it isn't, but it is true that the government officials in Nashville didn't want to tell the public how safe, relatively safe, restaurants were because they felt it would undermine their restaurant shutdown orders. There's no science to this. Remember that that guy in California, I think it was California, got arrested for paddleboarding all on his own in the ocean. They came up and arrested him for violating the shelter at home order. There was no science. There's not a single scientific journal that can say that that man put anyone at risk by paddleboarding alone. Remember the people I think was in Alabama 
who went to their church to listen on the radio. They, they drove to the church, sat in the church parking lot, turned on the radio, and the pastor was inside um, basically delivering the sermon. And they got ticketed. They got ticketed. And the, and the city said it was too dangerous. Saying it was too dangerous. Too possibly dangerous for them just to sit in a car and listen to a sermon. People in California got fined and got tickets for sitting in a car with their spouse or significant other and watching the sunset. It's like, no, it's too dangerous. There is no science to back any of that up. None. There is no science to back any of it up. And yet we let, we let it happen. We let it happen. We showed this a while ago on the show. That woman, that California health inspector who did the happy dance after she thought she had gotten a brewery shut down. That's who we're dealing with here. People who truly believe that they're smarter than all of us. I'm talking about health officials, both at the county, state, and federal level, who truly believe they're smarter than us. You look at how, how much disdain they have for the American people. I mean, just look at the Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, how they could smell the Walmart people. That's not an opinion that's unique to the FBI and the DOJ. That's throughout government, that they truly believe they are smarter than the average person. And if only they were in charge, this country would be better, this country would be safer. So now they finally have the ability, these health officials, to be in charge. No one elected Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci was not elected. At no point was he ratified by the Senate. Right? He has not been elected. He is a career official at the CDC. And yeah, sure, Trump put him on a task force. Biden put him on a task force. He is not elected, though. He is not, we cannot hold him directly responsible. He's a career government official who now has been given so much power. Oh, well, Anthony Fauci says you got to, you, you got to make sure you keep six feet. Oh, no, now Anthony Fauci's changing his mind saying it might only be three feet, but stay six feet. We're studying the three feet. None of it's real. And by real, I mean none of it can, they can't point to any scientific peer-reviewed journal studies proving that what they are forcing the American people to do is absolutely necessary. It's all conjecture. It is all conjecture. And that is why the house of cards that they've built is starting to come tumbling down. That is why states like Texas have reversed their mask rulings. Not by saying, like, listen, if you are sick, it's a good idea to wear a mask. It is. It is the same concept of coughing into your hand, coughing into your elbow, right? Coughing into a handkerchief. It is not any different. If you are sick, it's a good idea to wear a mask to stop you from getting other people sick. And that's not just COVID-19. I say the same for the flu, for the cold, right? It's a very good idea to cover your cough. That goes back centuries, right? Common sense stuff. But the government lacks the authority to require that healthy people cover non-existent coughs. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist at all. And when you see people like Anthony Fauci vaccinated with antibodies, wearing double masks, double masks, Rand Paul is absolutely right. That is political theater. That is not to protect him. It is to make everyone else feel better. Like, oh, he's wearing his mask. Because you notice when he was at that baseball game and he thought the cameras weren't rolling, he took his mask off, right? When he was on the pitcher's mound, throwing that first pitch, which was terrible. We've shown it plenty of times. When he was on that pitcher's mound, he was, what, 90 feet away from home plate? 90 feet. So his social distancing rule is six feet. There was zero reason for him to wear a mask throwing a pitch from the pitcher's mound. There was just none. You cannot say that he was made safer or anyone else was made safer by wearing a mask when he's 90 feet away from the nearest person and outdoors. There's no science to that. 
he wore the mask for theater to try and convince other people to wear a mask. And yes, then when he went up to the stands, he didn't social distance. He sat right next to people and he took his mask off. We've seen, we've seen, we've shown the video before of immediately after the, the hearing ends, he takes off his mask. It's all theater for him. It's all theater. That's why the left was so furious at Trump. Oh, he should wear a mask. He should wear a mask. He should wear a mask. Even after he recovered from COVID-19, they were still telling him to wear a mask. There's no science behind that. There's no science behind someone recovering from COVID-19, no longer being symptomatic, no longer having a viral load that can infect anyone else. There is no logic in telling them that they have to wear a mask. There's done. And yeah, this is like a ranting, this is a ranting episode. So I'm sorry if you don't like the rant. It's just, it's getting harder and harder. Like, as I said, masks when you're sick, it makes sense. These these are called surgical masks for a reason, right? When when doctors or surgeons are in surgery, they don't want to, to have any risk of, of getting their patients sick, of breathing on them, giving them an infection. Because it's having infections after surgery, very, very common. It's one of the one of the biggest killers in hospitals are infections. So yeah, they, they wear masks. Even if they're not sick, they wear a mask to protect someone who's literally open on the table in front of them. So yeah, that makes sense. There's an element of it that makes sense. But when you're looking at everyone around us, people who are completely healthy, who have nothing wrong with them, saying that you can get fined if you don't wear a mask, where if you go on American Airlines and your two-year-old doesn't want to wear a mask, they can just kick you off. There's no evidence that the two-year-old is sick, but they can just kick you off. But, oh, no, but if you're John Kerry, you can take your mask off. That's fine. Right? You, know, you see no evil. I'm not going to pay attention to John Kerry. We've seen countless families being kicked off of a flight because someone who's a couple weeks past their two-year-old birthday just won't wear a mask. My son's three. He won't wear a mask. Right? He won't do it. That's why we haven't flown anywhere. It's just not, we know, like, okay, if these are the rules, we will not, we will not survive this set of rules. We will not. You, you will absolutely, we will absolutely get kicked off. He will not wear a mask for three hours. He just will not. So we, we don't go anywhere. But there's, there's no science that he's going to hurt anyone because he's not sick. It's just, it's just so frustrating because... Again, I can understand that there are some people out there who are doing the best they could with limited information. But now with the plethora of information that we have, there is no logic behind it anymore. You cannot sit there with a straight face, though Anthony Fauci apparently figured out a way to do it. You cannot sit there with a straight face and say that you are keeping people healthy by forcing healthy people to cover their face. It's just it's just not it's unfounded. And a year later, we still do not have any scientific peer reviewed studies that show that asymptomatic infections are common or that people who have gotten the virus or gotten vaccinated pose a risk, risk to others or are at risk themselves of, of further hospitalizations. There's no science to it at all. What I believe personally is I believe this is what, this is what it looks like when someone who's never had any power but desperately wanted it got ultimate power and now are trying to hold on to it as long as physically possible. Right. The last thing Anthony Fauci wants to do is to fade from re relevance and to go back to studying things like AIDS. That's the last thing he wants to do. I mean, he, he's been on the cover of magazines, Anthony Fauci. Like, like this, this kind of power, the saying really is true. Absolute power does corrupt absolutely. This is the man, no one voted for him. 
but he now just has total power over our life. Total power over our life. He's not going to give that up. I don't think anyone would give that up. I think you and I can say we would give that up. We've never had that kind of power. I'd like to think I would give it up. But I've, I've also seen way too many cases of good people being given tons of power and using it for horrible reasons. Right? No one deserves that power. No one deserves the sole authority just to decide what you have to do with your life. That's the whole purpose behind the United States of America. We have Joe Biden this week said that if you want to celebrate 4th of July, you better keep washing your hands. Who the hell gave him the right to tell us that the only way we can have 4th of July is if we all wash our hands? No, the whole point of 4th of July is so tyrants like that don't have any control over our life. If we want to have dirty hands, we goddamn can have dirty hands. He shouldn't. Dirty hands are kind of gross. But the president doesn't have the authority to force you to wash your hands. He has no power over that. Say, oh, well, if you don't wash your hands, 4th of July is canceled. Now piss off. No, no, we're not going to do it. It's okay to say that, okay, well, if you're sick, stay home. Fine. If you're coughing, cover your cough. Fine. If you feel like you might have been infected, maybe stay home, get a test just in case. Fine. Right, if you want to get vaccinated, if you're going to be in contact with people who are at risk, consider it. But saying that we don't get 4th of July, if we don't have good hand washing, what is this, kindergarten? Like, at what point are we just going to say no? At what point are we just going to say no? I'm not going to wash my hands. Well, if I do wash my hands, it's not because you told me to. It's because, yeah, they're kind of dirty. Like, do you remember when, when we were all forced into lockdown and there was a run on bleach? Remember there was a run on bleach. The, the, the stores were completely closed. No, uh, the shelves were empty. No bleach. People were in their home. They didn't leave. Just right, same people in their home. No leaving. They were wiping down their surfaces when no one had come in and no one had gone out. Right? If your door is closed and you've been inside for a week, there is no virus in your house. There's no need to wipe down every surface with bleach. It's not fair. Right? But people were so terrified that, oh, we got to wipe down the surfaces. Well, wipe down the surfaces. Now, Joe Biden is trying to take that same fear and, and reinstate it in all of us and say there is no, there is no 4th of July unless you wash your hands, unless you wear a mask, unless you get vaccinated. He said we're not patriots unless we get vaccinated. No, we talked about this on the show before. I, I like vaccines. Joe does not like vaccines. Personally, I support vaccinations. And I'm, I'm happy to look at any evidence that people have that, that vaccines cause autism or things like that. I'm happy to look at it, right? But I support vaccines because I've gone through, gone, through, uh, gone through cemeteries and seen what happens when you don't have basic vaccines. So yeah, I support vaccines. I also support your right not to get a vaccine if you don't want to. I, I, go for it right? You're not going to hurt me. Go for it. If you don't want to get a vaccine, you don't have to get one. I don't care. I don't care. Now, I, I would love to live in a world where we have no vaccines and no need to have vaccines. Remember, we eradicated measles in the mid-2000s. We had a party. We had a big celebration. It was kind of like Mission Accomplished with George W. Bush. Measles is gone. And it, but it was true in a, in a way. There were no domestic cases of measles. There was no there were no organically domestic cases of the measles virus, meaning that any case in the United States came from outside the United States and people brought it back with them. There wasn't, there wasn't like domestic spread. We had a party. Measles had been er er eradicated. Well, what happened? We had refugee flows coming into the country with, with no vaccines. We had people storming across the border, bringing viruses with them. 
And that's why you look at somewhere like Dearborn, Michigan. Every time there's a measles surge in this country, Dearborn, Michigan always seems to be in the running in that list of cities where there's a lot of measles outbreaks. Why? Dearborn, Michigan is where a lot of Middle Eastern refugees resettle. And not only are they very resistant to getting any vaccine, but they come into the country unvaccinated and they bring a lot of the diseases with them. So I'd love to live in a bubble where we could say we've eradicated disease and there's no need for anyone to get vaccinated. And not at all. We're all good. But as long as the Democrats keep bringing people into this country that we know are unvaccinated, that we know are bringing disease with them, right? It's not a way we can't live that way, right? I wish we could, but we can't. So yeah, I get vaccinated. I got vaccinated when my son was born. Uh, for whooping cough. I got it just before he was born, just because the thought of me getting it in Denver when I lived in Denver and bring it back to him was terrifying. Not that I was going to do anything that would put me at risk of getting it, but I could be walking through the mall and pass an illegal alien who just has it. And they just got brought into the country. You know, the risk is too great. And for some people, maybe the risk is no risk. And that's fine. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But we live in a country now where they're pushing a vaccine and then they're saying that the vaccine doesn't give you any more rights or privileges. That even if you're vaccinated, you still have to hide in your house. Even if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear double masks. Even if you're vaccinated, you're not allowed to go to concerts. You're not allowed to go to sporting events. You see the latest one in California? The latest one in California, they're opening their theme parks, but no one is allowed to scream on their roller coasters. I kid you not. I'm going to work on getting this on the other side of the break. They're opening up the roller coasters, the theme parks, but the like the Amusement Ride Association of California, apparently, I'll get the full title, the Amusement Park Association of California, whatever, are prohibiting you from screaming on a roller coaster or breathing heavily on a roller coaster. Even if you're masked, you cannot scream, you cannot breathe heavily. That is the latest out of California. There is no science to suggest that that is any safer Right? And there's no science to suggest it's even possible putting people on a roller coaster and not having them breathe heavily or scream. The whole purpose of it is to make them afraid, right? It's adrenaline junkies. But no, you're, you have to ride your roller coaster stiff as a board, no smiling, no heavy breathing, no panting, no coughing, no screaming. None of it makes sense. So we're going to come back on the other side of the break. I'm going to get that and we're going to read through it. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 